how the brave starters are feeling and a chat with Kyle Wright. Everything's looking good. Just got to stay the course and not get too far ahead of myself. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score from spring training. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano. We're back in Northport, Florida from the Braves spring training home at uh, Cool Today Park from the visiting radio booth and uh, start to settle into a little bit of a spring routine now and start to see some more of the big leaguers. Yep, yep, everybody's getting on the routines. The pitchers, we're starting to see position players back-to-back days in a couple of their cases. And uh, AC's working in this visiting radio booth. It is about 64 uh, here in the visiting radio booth, which is fine because uh, it's a little it's a little warm outside for Florida. But uh, we will power through and uh, bring you another quality uh, Braves report, which will feature a lot of updates on a lot of the Braves starters Plus, we've got our first look at a couple of the veterans trying to reestablish themselves as bullpen studs, and we've got a clubhouse conversation with Kyle Wright. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome aboard, and please make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. This is the Braves Report, brought to you by Kroger, and go digital and save even more with Kroger. Create an account on the Kroger app or website and start saving big with exclusive digital coupons. Visit Kroger.com to sign up to get started. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show streaming now on AJC.com. All right, well, we've got a a cool press box and we have another tie. On Wednesday, the Braves and the Rays played to a 3-3 draw in two hours, 29 minutes. We've seen two ties. We've seen one inning get rolled for a pitcher a starting pitcher fighting for a spot we've seen a pitch clock violation end a game in a tie we saw a balk that we're not really sure what happened it feels like we're two or three weeks into spring training games and not five days all right so now most of this show will be about starting pitching because well at this point in camp march the first happy march by the way uh, march the first that's pretty much where the news is yeah no i mean that that this is about pitchers. Uh, spring training is this long because of the pitchers. The hitters could probably do with it being <laughs> being about half the length, but uh, pitchers got to build up. And in some cases, Kyle Wright's case, other injury cases, it's a good thing. We did see most of the Braves' uh, regular starting lineup on uh, Wednesday, but let's begin uh, with what happened on Tuesday with Ian Anderson. He's fighting and clawing for that fifth spot in the rotation, and he begins that battle giving up four runs in less than two innings, and he got pulled twice. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, it was not very good. I mean, you think you you put on all the work during the corner in the offseason. That's not the first performance I wanted to put up there, but I mean, I guess if you're going to get punched, you might as well get punched pretty hard and see how you come back. So uh, shift my focus to the next one, and, um, you know, I know that one will be better. Here's his manager, Brian Snicker. I don't expect to be a polished thing right now because, like I say, he has been. He's trying some different things, pitches, Delivery, the whole thing. So we've got to give him a chance in game conditions to kind of get everything under control. What happened here? It looked like Ian just was all out of sorts. He alluded to maybe being so excited to show the staff what he had done over the offseason, the changes he had made, the improvement he was going to show. 
and it seemed like it kind of just got away from him. Uh, in that first inning, it was the leadoff homer. That's not so much the bad part. To me, the frustrating part for him was the two walks, uh, and two two-out walks at that, and then the second home run. And that second home run came on a slider that was hung, just went right down the pipe, basically. Um, and it was a spot that a slider, you know, should not have been thrown in. Um, and pitching coach Rick Kranitz uh, told Ian this after the outing that, hey, you know, sometimes when guys are working on a new slider, like Ian is, or a new pitch, they have a tendency to kind of force it in there, to work it in in situations it's not meant to be in. And this could have been the case here. So let's just hope that's a spring training outing. But he's fighting for his fifth spot. Um, I think the important part of this Ian Anderson conversation is that we always hear spring training stats don't matter the results aren't as big of a factor uh well that might be true if you're austin riley or michael harris or uh, max freed or spencer strider but that's why i asked ian after his outing if the results do matter yeah i think so i've never been good in spring training but this year it's it means more to me to put up better numbers i mean that's that's how you make the team you put up good numbers so um today was not not a very good step towards that and that's the thinking there is that if you're Results maybe don't matter as much in spring training. They might matter a little more if you're fighting for the fifth spot in the rotation and you're coming off a down year that ended in injury. What's that balancing act between, well, I've got to find another pitch because we saw what happened last year, and I've got to use it in spring training, but if I didn't have it last year, it probably wasn't that good of a pitch, and when I use it in spring training, if they hit it over the fence, I've got another problem. It's a tough line to walk because... As a pitcher, I think they're trying to feel out different things and experiment with different things. Um, and by all means, Ian Anderson has been excited about this pitch, so it's not as much of an experimentation as it is an implementation. But it's a tough line to walk because you're right. On one hand, you can experiment with things. On the other, you have to have feel for those things. And that's what spring training's for. You want good results. You want confidence. You want to feel your stuff play But on the other hand, you do have to work on things. Um, There isn't going to be no better spot to debut that pitch and to keep working on it than spring games in the Grapefruit League schedule. And if you're a pitcher, you don't throw every day. You can't. So it's not like Ian Anderson's got 30, 35 days to lock this thing down. There's a bit of a clock there because he's going to have to do it over five or six spring training starts um, if we're including his live batting practice before his Grapefruit League debut. So I think it's a tough balance, and it's more about confidence than anything. Uh, Can you gain that feel? Do you have confidence in in what you're going to be doing? Results don't matter as much, but he's got to walk the line a little bit more because eventually, you know, even if they don't in this first start, eventually they will matter a little more to who gets that job. Now Tuesday's highlight was a scoreless debut from Jared Schuster. It's good. Yeah. No, I've liked him in camp. He's improving, and he's better than what I remembered last spring. Uh, It was a lot of fun. First big league spring training game, so tried to enjoy it and got some good results, so I'm I'm happy with it. Matt Schuster, and that did surprise us. That was his first spring training game. Yeah, but I'm going to come clean here and say that uh, when I was thinking of a Jared Schuster note for the notebook, um, I didn't have first big league spring training game because I figured he must have. I mean, I was going to check it eventually when writing it, but I figured he must have pitched last year. Um, and then I was kind of vindicated when I asked Brian Snicker about, you know, how nice it was to see guys like Schuster get that first big league spring training game under their belts. And he looked at me with a blank stare <laughs> and did not know what I was talking about. He forgot to. He came up in that 2020 draft class 
Yeah, with Spencer Strider. And at this point last year, we were not discussing Spencer Strider. I know Schuster's got a lot of bodies to jump over, but is he kind of sort of maybe on the depth chart conversation for the fifth spot? Maybe. I mean, he's there um, because there's a scenario, I think, hey, if Bryce Elder doesn't pitch well, or he's an injury and an under, underperformance away, maybe. Um, if Jared Schuster pitches very well and there's an injury somewhere and somebody else doesn't pitch well, I think the Braves have shown the willingness to shuttle guys up pretty quickly. I also wonder, and this is my own speculation or just thought, I wonder if last year is a factor in the decision-making. And what I mean by that is it took them about a month and a half, two months, three months to get a fifth starter. And that became Spencer Strider, who became the fourth starter and you know the, the third best starter who kept rising through the ranks. But I wonder if that ever goes into the calculus here. I mean, if you're going to bring a guy like Jared Schuster up, you need to have a spot for him because that guy's your top pitching prospect, most ready pitching, major league ready pitching prospect. But the Braves really, really struggled uh, from that fifth spot for the first couple months last season until they figured it out and just put Strider in there. I do wonder if that factors into the calculus a little bit and remembering or just knowing, hey, you know, even if this guy's young, if we feel he's going to give us a better shot, putting that guy in there um, and steadying it early instead of saying, you know, I think with a couple of these guys with a little bit more experience, they might be able to handle it. Who knows? I mean, I think he's an injury and underperformance away. One of the injuries is Michael Soroka. He was supposed to be a legit option for that fifth spot coming into camp, at least for the competition, but he hasn't been on a mound yet. No, he just, he's just doing his, right now, his flat ground. So, me, I, I look good. I watched him throw um, in the outfield, and you know, I think he's coming around. Where are things at here? It looks like there hasn't been a ton of progress. Um, and that's not to be pessimistic about the situation. I certainly, I'm sure there's day-to-day progress um, because he's in the training room. He works hard um, by all accounts, but two weeks ago, pitchers and you know and catchers had to report was the mandatory report date for all pitchers and catchers, um, non WBC guys. So Mike Soroka came in and reported this hamstring tightness, and since then it seems like he hasn't moved too far. Uh, we were told it wasn't super serious, and that could be the case, especially because they've got a long spring training, but. He's still throwing on flat ground. It doesn't seem like he's been able to move a ton. Oftentimes, Brian Snicker hasn't, you know, really had an update or has said there's really nothing new with him. So, you know, I, it's as we talked about last week, I can understand that they have a lot of time here and I can understand that you shouldn't rush anything and I can understand that you want to be extremely cautious. But to fans, I think people start to get this idea of, hey, it's taken a long time and they get worried. And I can totally see that side of it. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of progress in terms of getting to a mound um, or moving a ton or being able to, I guess, extend a ton like you would because of that hamstring, um, like you would with his legs. But, you know, hopefully for Michael's sake, that comes soon. What about Charlie Morton? He looked good, according to Snit. Yeah, it was really good. Really good. I, I glad i got a chance to see it because it was really really good you know just the ball's coming out really good yeah charlie's another one of those guys that he had a normal offseason um and i think that's maybe the biggest thing is because charlie while he's honest and very insightful he doesn't make excuses um and he's not really gonna say if something changed 
his his offseason so much. He'll be honest with you, but he's not going to make excuses for it um, or blame anything on anything. Uh, so I think, honestly, the, the longer offseason for him in terms of the longer length, in terms of it being a normal offseason, was good. Uh, didn't have to deal with any rehab. You know, could kind of just do his normal routine. I think that's going to do him a lot of good. I think he's a... I guess you'd call it a buy low, guys. I think what you called it last, you know, yesterday, or somebody called it yesterday that we were talking to in the press box. I don't know. We talked to so many people that they, they run together. But that's I. Charlie Morton is that guy in your fantasy baseball league. I told somebody that like if you're looking for a guy who is going to outperform his rankings by a lot, like I think Charlie could be that guy just because he can still pitch. Like, I, I really believe he can still pitch. I don't think he's cooked at all. All right, coming up, we'll look at the debuts of Kirby Yates and Nick Anderson, plus our clubhouse conversation with Kyle Wright. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, brought to you by Kroger. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards, too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Now, don't forget, if you are not a subscriber to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and want unparalleled Braves coverage throughout this season, we've got a special deal going for you right now to join our community. To get unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer, head to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. Take advantage of a 99-cent offer for the next six months. So you get all of our stories on ajc.com, our terrific e-paper, all of our newsletters, including the Braves Report, for the next six months for just 99 cents. So go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. And I can report here at Cool Today Park that the kitchen sink nachos are intense. You had your fill. I, mean, I, I had a fill, your, yes. You met your maker. I did. Um, you know, Justin uh, telling everybody in Braves country about you know the, the biggest fan favorite here at the concession stands. And um, this is going to be my last game here, I think, uh, for the week. Had to give it a shot. And uh, that's a meal for two, not a meal for one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, bring a friend. Yes. If you're going to get if you're going to to uh, to get those kitchen sink nachos. It's been great having you here. Um, been fun to do this in person. We usually do it online which, through the which, magic of podcasting, which, which isn't the same. Uh, but it's been fun. You've done an awesome job. We appreciate what you do for the show. And I've got a three-hour trip to Port St. Lucie tomorrow. That's a, that's one of those cross-staters that they tell you about, and it I'll be doing it. You know, I think that's six hours of driving in one day. I'll tell you this. I will not be getting a great dinner in Port St. Lucie after the game. <laughs> I will be getting fast food and going home. There, there, there's nothing wrong with uh, grabbing a burger to go, uh, traveling from east coast of Florida to the west coast of Florida and back and back. No, that's going to be me tomorrow. But intriguingly enough, Marcelo Zuna's on the travel roster, as is Von Grissom um, and Dylan Dodd. So there's 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 a couple storylines over there. Well, speaking of friends, uh, we saw our old friend Jesse Chavez on Wednesday, and he's in midseason form apparently. Working quickly. Yep. Not giving up any runs. Uh, in and out in the blink of an eye, and they're into the bullpen. And he started so that he could get his work. Um, and because he, you know, usually those relievers are throwing one inning, but because he's kind of his role versatility, a little bit of a long man. 
He had two, yep. and they were good. We uh, get Chavez is going to be a contender again for one of the deepest bullpens in baseball, which includes Kirby Yates, who says he's feeling healthy for the first time in years. I think sitting here healthy for the first time in three years in a spring training, like participating, um, you know, I think that kind of comes with the territory. I, uh, you know, I still do believe that I'll be fine. I'll be able to contribute. I think, you know, I made one bad pitch out there, um, you know, and but every other every other fastball, every other split was pretty good. And that's something to work off of, especially it's the first one this uh, this spring. And, you know, I'm trying to be as active as possible this spring and get in get into as many games as I can to kind of get the kinks out and get settled in and, you know, get back to establishing and doing what I used to do, and which made me a pretty good pitcher. That one bad pitch was a homer, but otherwise, what do you think? Awesome. He was good. Um, I thought, you know, he, he was seemed encouraged by the splitter. Um, I think it was good. I mean, I think it's just good for him to get back out there and work against live hitters. It's not the same as it was last year. Last year, he was still trying to shake off rust. This year, he feels different. It's completely different, freer mentally and physically, um, just because he's further away from those injuries. And also, that last part of his quote, pretty good pitcher. I mean, he was at one time one of the best closers in baseball. Yep, and that's why, you know, like, this is kind of like the Braves' free agent signing just with the trial year. Last year, they paid him a million dollars. Whatever they got was gravy, but now it bumps up to six, and that's, you know... Decent money. Yeah, 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 and obviously structuring it knowing that he would be out, you know, a decent chunk of last year. I think he's got a chance to live up to it. Uh, and the reason being that any role in the bullpen is difficult. It's not an easy job. Those guys go through ups and downs all the time. But he's not going to be closing. Probably, you know, won't be the setup man. He's going to be pitching in, you would think, some low-leverage spots unless, you know, until things change if they do. Um, I think he's got a chance to live up to it. But, as you said, really deep bullpen, um, and that should help him. But I see Kirby Yates getting a spot on this roster. We also got to see uh, Nick Anderson for the first time. It went pretty well. Yeah, I would have to say so. Um, I, I was just joking. I think I made up for the zero swings and misses that I had in my live BP the other day. So, um, yeah, it's good. I just, uh, just build on that and... Um, you know, hopefully keep it going. Two strikeouts and a scoreless inning later, it's a successful debut. Yeah, and uh, the two strikeouts were good, sat 93 to 94 with the velocity, and that velocity was down, if anybody looks in 21, because of the injury. Uh, he's back, he's past the injuries. And for Nick, it's about, you know, and he told us this after, it's about not being so tight, not being so wound up in his mechanics, in his delivery, um, not muscling up, but, but being a little looser. Um, and we asked him about that, and he said, well, you can't be loose like a pasta noodle and, you know, boiled water. But <laughs> but he's got to be a little more relaxed. Um, and that's what he's tried to do is kind of come out here and be a little more relaxed and let it fly. Also, Nick Anderson's a really fun guy to talk to. We've had an interview with him on the Clubhouse Conversations on this podcast. He's got an awesome sense of humor. And uh, what about what about him bringing up the, the former team card after a spring <laughs> game? He goes, yeah, as, you know, goes, goes, yeah, and against your former team. Who cut him? Yep, yep, exactly. So two strikeouts and a nice little spring debut in a Braves uniform. Uh, so he's he's feeling good and had the jokes to go with it with uh, the swing and miss in the live VP. Speaking of co- uh, clubhouse conversations from nice guys, let's talk about Kyle right now. Hasn't had a chance to, to take them out in a spring training game yet. He's a little behind because he had to get a quarter zone shot in his right shoulder in January. 
but there's no reason to be alarmed. Yeah, he had a really good side yesterday too. You know, I watched him throw side, and he's feeling really good. So I think he's you know got another side and in a couple of days. So yeah, he's feeling good. So that's all great. The thing is, he's maturing obviously because he's let us know you know where we could get a get in front of it and and um, and get him right. So that, that was big. Now, Justin, you've you know been talking to Kyle almost every day just to see how the twenty game winners doing. Yeah, and uh, he's feeling well at this point. Don't want to give up too much from our clubhouse. We'll let Kyle do the talking, but at this point, it seems like he's going to be good to go for that opening day, you know, roster, opening day rotation. The big thing with him, though, is that I think this injury, as he'll tell us, is going to allow him to to maybe be better than ever. And what Snicker said about letting him know, not to say that Kyle Wright didn't voice that stuff before or wasn't mature before, but I think there's a, you know, there's obviously a difference when you're pitching in season. You don't really want to go to anybody with anything because he's never been in the spot to reclaim his spot. Uh, he's, you know, he's been opportunity to opportunity. Now he's made the most of that opportunity in the offseason was a good time to get this taken care of. I think it could pay dividends. Uh, so let's get to it. We will warn you. We've got a couple of these uh, we've done over different days. But listener discretion is advised because the content includes some mature pitching discussions. Yeah. (laughs) We got a little inside baseball with the fastball playing. And uh, how about we let it roll and then we'll kind of give a little baseball for dummies explanation (laughs) after. We'll we'll translate after this. Throwing that pen yesterday? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was good. I threw them all. Uh, Curveball felt really good, which, you know, for me is a pretty big pitch. So um, I was happy with that. Um, ball's coming out pretty good. I think, um, you know, one thing that's still going to come is glove side command with the fastball. But other than that, I mean, uh, two seam command was good. Um, I thought change up when I when I got it executed was was really good. Curveball was there, so um, overall I was really happy with it. How many pitches did you have? I think I threw it was 23. What was the target below? Uh, actually, so let me tell you about. It. I threw 25. We were 20 to 25 pitches. I threw 25 pitches. Target velo was around. Uh, 87-ish, and that's right where I was. Uh, 87, I got up to 89. Um, I just kind of wanted to get on one just a little bit, and um, so got up to 89. So um, I think my next one, my next pin, I'm going to treat it like I need to double-check with uh, Nick Valencia, our trainer, but I think I'm going to treat it like a game. So I'm going to get on even more, and then I'll have another pin that I'm going to use as like my side, and I'll kind of taper back a little bit, and then if everything goes good, then I'll jump into a live, or obviously I'll you know, get back on it again. Right, right, right. So that uh, would that after that kind of that side pen, could you maybe get in the game, or would it be like live BP on the backfield? Yeah, we'll do live BP. I mean, I could get in the game, but it's just it's not necessary. I think it's smart to you know get into a live and kind of ease back into things. So um, yeah, after that one, I'll, I'll I'll go into a live, and like I said, that's that'll be my first time. You know, getting back after it, letting it letting it eat and, and competing a little bit so um can't can't wait for it to get here so still on target for opening day or not opening day but just the uh day. yeah breaking yeah yeah still on target for breaking so like i said still feeling great um even today not too sore which is a good sign for me um so uh yeah uh like i said everything's looking good um just got to stay the course and not get too far ahead of myself i know you said friday that the glove side command will come mm-hmm. um why is that the one that will come 
versus like arm side for you? Like, why is that the one you kind of have to feel out a little bit? Yeah, I think is like realistically, that's probably the hardest pitch to execute just because you, everything has to be synced up for you to get it to that side of the plate. Um, realistically, pitching arm side is almost like the it's kind of lazy, if you will, because you don't have to do as much to get it there. Um, to get it like here. Yeah, it's just it's easy because, you know, your arms on this side versus this side. Essentially, that's kind of a you know shorthand way of putting it. But um, and, I, and again, I think just because, you know, my shoulders kind of bothered me for so long, kind of gotten some bad habits of of cut myself off. So the more I throw and get off the mound, um, the better it will be. And that's what even that pin when I made the adjustment, it was perfect. So it's just you know, doing that from the start instead of having to, you know, find it. But, uh, you know, fortunately for me, I was still able to command my two seam, which is going to be my, that's my pitch anyway. So, but, you know, it's still nice to have that uh, four seam glove side uh, fastball executed too. So, um, but like I said, it'll, it'll come and I know the adjustments to make. And now that you're able to get that extension, the four seam probably looks like it goes on a flatter it actually yeah it really does it, that's actually very true um i've already noticed some of my numbers my four seam a little better and even just talking to cranny he says like you know he said when it's right it just it looks like it's actually you know carrying plays it up you know my my four seam doesn't perform great um but i've seen it to be okay if it's okay then then i'll then i'll be in a good spot and you know so far it's it's been probably slightly better than okay which you know is a is a great sign i'll have a better you know judge of how it really looks once I get to a live and then, then a game but so far in my pins it's you know it's when it's right it's it's really good all right so here's part two which uh, Justin did after Kyle's side over it near the bullpen mound by the Braves clubhouse last week is there anything with uh, if your arm's a little freer if it's not sticking as much can can a fastball carry better if you oh. can get if you can follow like kind of carry through yeah for sure um definitely I think because if, if you're kind of protecting yourself, you're just cutting yourself off a little bit. You're not, like I said, you're not getting as extended. You know, if I'm trying to release the ball here, then I feel like sometimes you just kind of cut yourself off a little bit, um, which for me, if I do that, that's going to either create a little bit of accidental cut or it's going to end up um, running back kind of more two seam. It's not going to play like a true four seam. So that's why I notice when it's right, it actually has a little bit of, you know, extra ride to it. Um, as opposed to running or sinking. So 100%, that definitely plays a factor. Interesting. And so uh, what about you had this breakout season last year? I'm sure you're focused on obviously continuing that yeah. trajectory. But yeah. is that something like, um, how do I put it? Is that something like conscious that you have to think about? Like, or you tell yourself certain things like, hey, you got to keep it, keep it, you know, how to be consistent, how to follow it up? Or is it just you got to let it happen? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. You know, I feel like I've... I definitely, I've always had high expectations for myself, so that's why I think whenever I was struggling, I felt like I was forever away from where I wanted to be. Um, so I don't think the expectations really changes anything. Um, like I said, I feel like I'm in a much better spot to where I know, you know, you take things one day at a time. Um, you can't, for me personally, if I look too far ahead, then, you know, I, I'm not, I feel like I'm not getting the most out of each day. Yeah, uh, for me, if I stay very momentary, very present, then I feel like I, I get a lot better work in. Uh, I feel like I'm you know, actually truly continue to get better as a player. So, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I think I've always had high expectations for myself. So I don't think it ever really changed even having a good year last year because, um, you know, I, I feel like I want to you know, be as good as I possibly can be and, um, and win as many games as I can and, uh, you know, just try to help the team however I can. So you said you had that, you referenced that Tim Corbin quote about like, or what he used to say just about you got to earn your job, you know, yeah. jobs are lost or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, like I said, the best thing he said is, you know, positions are, are rented, not owned. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's just keeping that mindset um, has really helped me a lot. I think it can help a lot of people a lot just because it's, 
you know, it really is true. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of money in our game, so that changes things. But I think we just kind of keep that chip. And that helps a lot. Uh, as, you, as you hear the spikes clattering on the concrete there at the end. But um, that's a good way to leave that uh, conversation. Good advice for everybody in life, including a podcast guy and a writer. Positions are rented, not owned. That they are. And Kyle Wright is the best example. You don't need to have one at the start. Yep. You know, you don't you don't need to own one from the start. You, you acquire it by renting it. Um, and that was a good conversation. Should we... Do we do a little translating here? Is that Was that too inside baseball for some? I, I think that's fascinating. But it's even it's a little too inside baseball for me. I learned I learned glove side command, arm side command, but there was a lot of terminology there that uh, that that is high level. It's got to go through it chronologically. So on Friday, which was the second part you heard, Kyle told me about the extension, the improved range of motion, movement of that shoulder. So earlier in the week, days before that, he had told me that the arm felt a little, his shoulder felt a little sticky, felt a little catchy. Um, and that that's why he was kind of trying to, you know, guard against it. it. It wasn't following through all the way. He was, you know, he wasn't extending to the best of his ability. His shoulder wasn't free, quote unquote, because it is. And he's able to fully extend that fastball is going to play a lot better. Um, and in the first interview, you heard him talk about, you know, how Cranny said that when it's right, it's going up through the zone. That fastball which he said doesn't usually have good metrics. That means numbers, analytics, data. Um, because he can extend now, that should have better carry, and it should so it should go in straight. And then carry is when it has the illusion of just being straight when it is really working up. So a hitter will see it straight, but if it's got good ride, good carry, it, it's working up. Um, and so that fastball, that four seamer, that's what it's doing when they say when he says it has some good carry. Hitter sees it straight but it's working up toward the top of the zone. It's hard to hit. Um, and that's because now he can do that, should be able to do that a little more effectively because his shoulder's freed up. He's going to be able to extend the entire way. His mechanics can be basically back to 100%. Um, and then the part that was interesting to me was he only needs that fastball to be okay. Uh, the reason being that he's primarily a curveball guy, sinker guy, um, when those work, you know that he's really, really hard to beat, especially because he just needs that fastball to be serviceable. He needs it to be okay. He needs it to be another thought in the hitter's head. And with those pitches, that's why he alluded to in that last interview that you guys heard about his fastball. It would have some run. It would have some sink. It would play more like a two-seamer. It's going to play like a four-seam fastball now because his mechanics can be what he intended them to be. Um, and then as he goes on throughout the bullpens, throughout spring training, uh, he's going to get more feel for the command. Um, and the reason, for anybody who doesn't know, if you think about a right-hander, the glove would be on the left hand. So glove side command is pitching the left side of the zone from the pitcher's perspective. Arm side command is pitching that right side of the zone. So for him, arm side command comes easier because he said it was, it was almost lazy. Uh, and the reason being, you don't have to get your arm all the way around. You don't have to sync everything up all the way like you do for, for glove side. There's a lot more components to that. You can kind of, I don't want to say cheat because they shouldn't be cheating and they don't. But it's <laughs> it's just a little easier to to kind of just, you're not going as far over. And so that arm side command is a little easier. The glove side command he thinks will come. Uh, but overall, the main takeaway being, I think these 
the ability to extend the way he will be able to and the ability to be healthy and mechanically all synced up is probably going to pay dividends. The four-seamer is probably going to be better, and he's going to feel a lot better. And the other takeaway being he he sounds like a guy who, barring you know something crazy, will be ready to break camp with the team and not land on the injured list you know, out of camp. We hope this podcast is essential listening for the Braves fan, and we hope it makes you a better fan by you know bringing you inside these some of these clubhouse conversations that Justin has. No, um, and we appreciate you guys listening. This this is this is why we do it because I don't we don't think you can get any of this stuff on the ESPN app when you look at the score for that day. Um, we don't think you can get it when you're scrolling Twitter. You're getting it here. We're in the clubhouse every day. Um, I'm in the clubhouse every day, and I'm no pitching expert. I learned. I had to learn that and regurgitate it here uh, and try to break it down. It sounds dumb and ditzy, and I'm not trying to be cute with this, but that is why I ask these questions is because I genuinely sometimes do not know. Like, I don't, you know, I didn't know about that four seam or why it would, why it might play better. Uh, And I didn't know what the, I asked about, you know, if his shoulders freed up, could it lead to him being better or could it help him? I don't know. I've never pitched at a high level, so... That's why we ask these questions. That's why we bring it on the podcast. We want you to get to know these players as what they do and better about what they do and who they are. All right, so that's where we will uh, leave it. Uh, Next, our plan is uh, for our regular episode on uh, Monday, but uh, plans change as news change. But uh, that's uh, that's what uh, we're hoping to do. We'll see you back here on on Monday as uh, Justin gets ready to head to the other side of the state now. Oh, man, yeah, it's going to be... supposed to be i think five degrees hotter over there i I don't i don't know how that works specifically um but it's gonna be fun i mean it'll be a fun day i don't think i've ever done that far of a trip in spring training uh usually kind of just if you find something else to write and uh for that day and plug in the score because a lot of times the top guys aren't going this time it'll be a fun trip you've got marcelo zuna von grissom dylan dodd um kevin pilar there are a couple couple names in there, um, and I think we've got. We looked at it this morning. I think there are eight names on that overnight list that'll yep. be playing both games. So those guys will be staying on the east coast of Florida for um, for that Thursday night. And uh, yeah, so we'll uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna and then you'll you'll head home. If you uh, if you missed it back on this feed a couple of days ago, we had a chat with Chipper Jones behind the backstop. Terrific analysis of of where he is at as the Braves hitting consultant and where this team stacks in the lineup. So head back in the feed and listen to that. But until Monday, please rate, review, follow, and share the show. That helps us grow. If you're really enjoying what you're hearing, that's how you can help us out and help us uh, continue to do this. That's it. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. 
Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.